The following podcast is by Mr. Jim Taylor, elder law and special needs attorney, helping and protecting those who need long-term care. And welcome everyone to Answers for Elders Radio Network. And we are here again talking about a very important topic for everyone. Um, For those that have served in the military service, we've talked somewhat about veterans aid and attendance benefits. But here's the thing. If someone is disabled due to their service in the military, their injury or something like that, there's what we call... um, compensation for for veterans that are is available and it's available over and above aid and attendance benefits and we are here nope you can't get both okay you can't get both well there we go and let's clarify it you can get pension or compensation you can't get both aid and attendance is an add-on to both pension and a compensation got it got it okay well jim kaler um our special guest Attorney at law, elder law attorney, works with veterans all across the state of Ohio, but also because we're talking about veterans compensation, anything that has to do with the Veterans Administration, this is a federal program. So it is absolutely applicable throughout the United States. And Jim Kaler, welcome back to the program. We're always glad to have you clarify some of these things. Thanks, Suzanne. Good to be here. Yes. So tell us a little bit. Okay. I am so glad that you talked a little bit about, um, you know, clarified me up front. So you can tell right now that I am like totally blind because I've never been through this piece before. So could you give us us kind of an overview of what our topic is going to be this hour? Okay. We're going to be talking about the Veterans Administration, or actually now it's Department of Veterans Affairs, but most, right. people, most people still call it the VA, or v- Veterans Administration or Veterans Affairs. It fits mm-hmm. either. Compensation program. That okay. is, a compensation is uh, something that is available to a veteran and under certain circumstances to veterans uh, surviving family members, but we'll get to that. Okay. But, it starts with the veteran being injured or becoming ill or having some prior injury illness exacerbated during their time in the service. So something okay. happened to the veteran during his or her time in the service and later in life, it results in a disability. Now for the, for family members, if, if someone is, dies in the military, Mm-hmm. then this is available to them, but there's also some other circumstances. So it, yes, I guess death is a, an exaggerated version of a disability. I hate to say that because death is so horrible, but it does trigger the same benefit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, here's why I clarified earlier that we aren't, uh, that we didn't previously talk about aid and attendance by itself. Okay. Right. VA has a program that Congress called pension, and with pension, if, if a veteran or surviving spouse qualifies for pension, and you don't have to do 20 years, right. okay? uh, two years post-Vietnam, uh, uh, only 90 days up, up through Vietnam of, of active service, okay? So it's not, this is different than being a lifer and getting a pension from uh, the federal government like the EPA and the IRS retirees do, okay? That's a different animal. 
I wish Congress hadn't done that, but they did. Thank you, Congress. Um, <laughs> yeah. But with pension, remember, pension is for people who have served in the military during a time of war and who now need more health services than they can afford. And, um, but it's called pension, again, thank you, Congress. Um, but if, you, if someone qualifies for pension and also needs help with activities of daily living, they can get aid and attendance on top of pension. So that's why most people out in the long-term care world refer to it as aid and attendance because that's the level that they want. It's the most money. Right. Okay. <clears throat> but you don't get aid and attendance without first getting pension. Right. But I clarified that in particular because if someone gets compensation, and needs help with activities of daily living, they can also get aid and attendance on top of compensation. So I aid said and it wrong. Yeah. Aid and attendance is an add-on to these two Got very valuable it. benefits. That makes total sense now. Yeah. So that's why I get fussy about my uh, about the terminology. No, and you I need talk, to. Yeah. And if I talk to someone in the Veterans Service Commission here in Ohio, and I'm hoping most other states have a similar animal, um, they're very fussy about it too. They don't let people get away with calling pension aid in attendance. Pension is a special monthly compensation as long as you qualified for something else. Mm-hmm. Again, compensation used in two contexts, different animals. So right. be very careful with those. Um, we run out of terms when we put too many programs here. So compensation is for someone who is disabled or family members of someone who has died. Mm-hmm. Um, because of something that happened in the military or because of something that was exacerbated while they were in the military. Uh-huh. And maybe they had a bum, maybe they had a little bit of a knee problem, didn't keep them out of the military, but something happened during the time of the military that made the knee problem worse. Right. They're still eligible for compensation. Okay. So this is a disability program. It is not limited to uh, people who served during a time of war in the way that pension was can be any time in the military, okay? And it so the the medical records here for and the personnel records beyond the DD214, beyond the discharge papers, okay? Medical records and personnel records are very important here to show that the the disability occurring now is connected to something that goes back to the time in the military. So it is frequently called service connected compensation. And that's why pension is often called non-service connected pension. The health issues that create the need for pension, whatever caused your health costs, your pension eligibility does not have to be connected to your time in the military. You simply have to have served here. Whatever is disabling condition now Mm -hmm. has to be connected to something that happened in the military. Therefore it is a service connected compensation program. Sure. That makes okay. sense. Now, I know we're going to be going over more than one uh, session here. So before we get too far into compensation itself, I want to revisit some things we talked about with pension because they will be very important in someone seeking a pension claim. Thank so, you. Okay. For those of you that are listening on the radio, um, we will have this on our YouTube channel on Answers for Elders. So you certainly will be able to... Um, Follow along with this amazing presentation that Jim has. And Jim, take it away. So our first topic is accreditation. Accreditation is not for the applicant. Accreditation is if they are seeking help from someone like an elder law attorney or 
uh, someone in, in a county office like Ohio's Veteran Service Commission, yeah. that person has to be accredited. Now, if they're getting help from their cousin, and this is the only time the cousin's going to be doing this, okay? Cousin, aunt, uncle, best friend, drinking buddy, whatever. If it's a one-off, that person does not need to be accredited. But if this is going to be more than one time, a la elder law attorneys um, or county veteran service officers, they need to be accredited. Accredited is them getting, telling the VA, I want to help people with veterans benefits. I'm going to get your training that's required. I'm going to register. So make sure you're talking to someone who is accredited. If they're helping you with benefits and this is not the first time they've done it or, or they're going to be doing it a second time, you make darn sure they're accredited because it won't come back on you as the applicant, but they'll get in trouble and it will also let them know, you know what's going on. So they're not mm-hmm. going to try to hoodwink you because you know something about right. the VA program. Well, and I've right. heard store, nightmare stories of friends and family saying, oh, I'm going to help with this application. And then if there's one thing that's not checked off correctly, it can yeah. take months for yeah. it to, to um, I mean, is that still the case, Jim? Yes, it is. That is definitely still the case. And maybe in some future session, we can talk about actual processing of claims and therefore the preparation of claims. But yeah, one thing missing and you go from a quick turnaround to slow as molasses. But I've also oh, I don't advise that. <laughs> yeah, but I also know that a Veteran Service Commission can make the same screw up. Right. I had a, a potential client call me. They ended up not hiring me yet. They may change their minds to appeal a, uh, an application for mother for pension benefits where she should have qualified, but the Veterans Service Commission said too much and opened a whole can of worms. I'm not saying they were going to withhold information. They were withholding information that was more than five years old. Wow. And, but they included <clears throat> it. And then, so the, 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 the uh, pension office said, oh, you've got way too much money. We're going to count this trust, even though the trust was way older than, than should have, and it should have been overlooked. Okay. Right. So we've got about a minute left before you cut me off. So let me talk about the second big issue here, discharge papers. This right. is a preliminary issue again. Okay. Mm-hmm. If, if someone's going to apply for VA compensation, they ought to make sure they get a copy of the discharge papers that VA is going to see. Mm-hmm. So you can send it to the Department of Defense, not VA. Okay. You're getting a DOD document. What is my discharge paper? You can okay. send in form SF, like in San Francisco, SF 180 or Sierra Foxtrot, if you're using the military alphabet. And I don't know all of it, but I remember those. Okay. SF 180. That's a form that goes and there's a whole list of different addresses where you send it, depending on uh, what military branch you were in and when most of the, uh, most people who have to submit it, send it to the uh, central records, I'm sorry, the central personnel records depot in St. Louis, but um, that not all of them. And then finally, for people who may have some have something that is not an honorable discharge, they may be able to get it changed. That's a, again, DOD form 149. Don't the, the pre don't ask, don't tell era is a lot of these. And that can now be changed, except I understand through sources that the Marine Corps is difficult for reasons that no one really seems to know, but they just are. 
Well, we are going to talk more about this topic. And in the meantime, Jim, thank you so much. And Jim and I will be right back right after this. State of Ohio residents, you have a friend to help you navigate long-term care while protecting your assets. You can reach Jim at www.protectingseniors.com or just email him at jkoewler-afe, that's jkoewler-afe at protectingseniors.com. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Wayshowers who will help your journey a lot easier.